Welcome to the CBD Ed Show with Ed Cheney, a CBD industry expert and business executive. In this program, we will discuss the uses of CBD and other methods of treatment that are alternatives but also complement conventional medicines. Now, here is your host, Ed Cheney. Welcome, listeners, to the CBD Ed Show. I'm your host, Ed Cheney, along here with the lovely Kimberly Rose. Hello, everyone. She was a big help today. We are talking about cannabis components. Yes. So the part of the plant that include cannabinoids, which we've talked about in great lengths. Mm-hmm. CBD and THC are two of the most popular cannabinoids. We're also talking about terpenoids. Again, we've had plenty of conversations about those too, haven't we? Yes. Terpenoids such as limonene, commonly found in the citrus family, also in the cannabis plant. Mm-hmm. And then now, one that is just starting to get traction, and it's flavonoids. So these are the three components. We're going to bring them together to you today in such a way that you can understand them and how they are participating in today's clinical studies. Yeah, it's very, it's very interesting. Yeah. And for people that have been in the world for quite a while... We're still learning so much about yes. this plant. Guys, we are just the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. I am absolutely 100% sure we are just at the tip of right. the iceberg. Yeah. There is so much more to gain. Uh, I first want to do a shout out. Ken Epstein, co-founder and CEO of Canformatics for his Great participation in a groundbreaking clinical study that just just released last week. Yeah. Using biomarkers to help physicians and patients have a better handle on both the effects and the the formulation of the correct cannabinoid profile to assist with whatever they're they're dealing with. Right, right. right. With, in that study was autism, right? Correct. Yeah. It was specifically designed towards autism, but has much broader applications. Yeah. Which, you know, he had shared with us, uh, that is their next path. Right. And yeah. I think so. that what we're going to discuss today has a lot to do with what they found while they were doing their it study. absolutely is a continuation of. Mm-hmm. So again, so uh, companies like Canformatics, uh, they are contributing in this area, and this area is hot right now, yeah. very hot. Yeah. Uh, we knew it was coming, glad to see it coming. <clears throat> and uh, so I'm going to suggest that uh, anything coming from Canformatics is going to be worth listening to. Uh, we will maintain a connection uh, so anything that they release will ensure that you uh, are noticed as well. Uh, also, one of the participants, one of the authors of that study, of uh, that groundbreaking study that we had talked to was Dr. Bonnie Goldstein, who has a book out on the market. Uh, again, we hope to have her join the show one day so she can dis- discuss her book. But her book uh, is called Cannabis is Medicine. I also want to recommend that as a as a recommended read. Yes. And then finally today, we are going to reference a clinical review document called Anti-Cancer Potential of Cannabinoids, Terpenes, and Flavonoids that are present in cannabis. Uh, this is a, let's see, a 64-page document, or 68-page uh, that we have, we will make available to you. So those are going to be three great places to get good, sound clinical information from. Yes. Again, Canformatics, book by by uh, Dr. Bonnie Goldstein, Cannabis is Medicine, and now this wonderful review, clinical review, anti-cancer potential of cannabinoids, terpenes, and flavonoids. So... In general, just wanted to like give everybody a heads up. Why are we doing this? It, Kimberly had shared with me, she, she had customers already coming in and talking about flavonoids. Right. 
we know it's coming. Yeah. And it's not just that. When I started to do research on the presence of clinical studies, reviews, uh, or any type papers that, you know, like we normally do, peer-reviewed, legitimate stuff, the abundance of reviews and studies out there that involved all three of these components, cannabinoids, terpenes, and flavonoids, they were all over the place. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, we've discussed this many, many times, how beneficial yeah. it is to keep the plant intact as much as possible. Wait till we get into it. You're going to be quite surprised. Yeah. Really, really surprised. Uh, again, we are going to do this from an unbiased place. Uh, we're going to start out with knowledge that we've gained over the years about each of those cannabinoid, uh, terpenoids, and, and flavonoids so you can have a good general understanding. <laughs> and then in the second half of the show, we're going to pour into the specifics. Yeah. Okay, what are they studying these four? What are the outcomes? What's, what's, what's coming down the pipe? Uh, it's very exciting stuff. So let's get started. Alrighty then. Where's all my document? There we go. <laughs> if you can see lot, the there's uh, a lot today. Amount of paperwork. There is. It is. Uh... There is. Okay. Let's let's throw a couple terms down. We've already talked about. There's a new one. The flavonoids, right? Mm -hmm. We haven't talked about that at all on any of our previous shows. Right. So that's a new term. Mm -hmm. uh, so let's say what flavonoids, just, just in general, flavonoids are. They are just responsible for the taste characteristics of uh, the uh, the uh, of the phyto. Well, I I actually wrote down. Tell me, uh, good, good for I, you. I pulled these from Dr. Goldstein's book. Nice. <laughs> she gives you a really good description. Of, I'm glad you did that. Of of how all all of them work. So the flavonoids that are present in the cannabis plant, probably the, all the other plants that they're also present in are in charge of pigmentation. They prevent plant disease, uh, filter ultraviolet rays, mm -hmm. and then attract pollinators. So not like the terpenes, or the terpenoids, I guess we call them now. Yep. Um, they they want to attract pollinators and you know they want to make the plant it's look terrific. beautiful and right. they you know they want to do all that stuff where terpenoids tend to be on the other side of defending right ah yeah that is great clarity way to connect the dots for us Kimberly that was nice well you know I'm, I have to discuss this now as we get into this world yeah uh, and, and people are coming in asking yeah. questions yep. I better know my stuff well, let's keep going on then. Uh -huh. So we, we've heard the term sativa and indica when people are describing different families or versions of cannabis plants, mm -hmm. mostly THC-based. Right. Well, we've moved off of that too. Yeah. Now we have chemovars. Chemovars are put into three categories. Chemovars are very similar in the way they are dividing the cannabis plant up into different groups. You know, where sativa, you had a mix of cannabinoids, terpenoids, and flavonoids that kind of lended towards what? More active? Uh, yeah, uplifting. Uplifting, mm -hmm. right. And, and then the indica, the opposite, more sedative and such. Well, so that has moved away. And now instead, they are using these three chemovars, uh, THC dominant strains, those are, are going to be what you Heavy would... in, in CBD. I, I'm sorry, heavy THC. in THC, very psychoactive. Right. Right, very little of uh, CBD. Okay, mm -hmm. the, the plant that we commonly refer to as the marijuana plant yes. would be the predominant strain inside of uh, this first level. Okay, mm -hmm. then there is CBD dominant, you know, that being hemp. Uh, i.e., that's pretty obvious, CBD dominant, and then the, a balanced version. So a group that where the THC and the CBD are more in balance. I'm not saying they're equal, but they'll be a little bit more balanced. So those are the new groups. Uh, a couple other little things to consider. 
the term entourage is no longer a speculative term. Am I, is that a good way to put that, do you think? Yeah. It's like, well, that's just such a nice concept. Yeah, oh, entourage, everybody working together for a better outcome. Yeah, all these components of the plan, if you bring them all together, then you get more out of it. And this study was called the entourage effect. Yeah. Yeah, now it's like... You're, you no, it's never it's it's considered as a must going into any of these clinical studies. Yeah, well, we're, wh- we're not interested in an isolated component anymore. Yeah, you need to get the yeah. benefits of everybody working together as opposed to just right. one. Yeah, I, it it is the combination of them that are synergistically. <laughs> We're working together to provide uh, the best effects. Ed is laughing at the way he spelled synergistically and the way I spelled it. Oh, I'm telling you. <laughs> telling you. All right. Okay. Uh, so the days of isolates are probably going away. So again, so and medicinally, the, right? Are we talking or just basically it, like it, it, honestly? It only, why would you? It only had a medicinal effect, right? Yeah. So, um, so now, but I'm I'm not saying that from a, a biased place. As we read the clinical studies today, they're all suggesting it's uh, it's not intelligent to look at it from an isolated place anymore. Right. Right. Um, When I say isolated place, I didn't mean to say that. That's not. It's not. It's not intelligent to seek effects from an isolated compound of the plant. When again, yes, you can. When the synergistic synergistic compounds are better. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, and I. I mean, we can talk about it later in the show when we uh, have discussed all of how these all these work. Yeah. Okay. individually and together. Um, but you can see that the future will take maybe, I mean, obviously we want the plant to stay in in its natural form as much as possible, but do you think they'll start making like, kind of like they do now, concoctions? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. But in other words, studies like Canfor- Canformatics did will help to better to formulate those compounds. By your biomarkers? You're going to need some THC at this level, CBD at this level, and CBG at this level. Throw in limonene and what would be a good one to go with it? And uh, beta carotene. Uh, linalol. Uh, linalol. Mm-hmm. And, and then two flavonoids. Yeah. And boom, that is your best profile for antidepressant. And so the and that's your potion. Yeah. Yeah. And so, then here's how often to take it and here's so forth and so on. So that's what some of this new science is going to lead us to. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's going to be I mean yeah. so yeah. exciting because I think a lot of people are taking a CBD for something and they probably just don't have the right potion. Right. It's kind of working but it's not really working yeah let's let's keep going uh down this path here let's 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 connect the dots for everybody Mm -hmm. all right cannabinoids terpenoids and flavonoids they are all molecules within the cannabis plant they're called phyto phytocannabinoids phytoterpenoids and phytoflavonoids okay they're nothing unusual they're they're just they keep pulling these things out of the plant and discovering their potentials. Mm-hmm. Who says it's going to be? There might be more coming. I don't know. Anyway, but this is common science to most, most in the plant science world. All right. Think about those three and why, why the interest in those three together. Well, because all three of those molecules are all designed to have an impact in our ECS system, Mm -hmm. along with other systems that have receptors. In in other words, they're all antagonists. antagonists. They're they're capable of working with receptors in our body. All of them. So think about it this way. When we talk about the entourage effect, having three or four or five different types of molecules, a couple of cannabinoids, 
one or two terpenoids, one or two flavonoids, and they're all working synergistically. One's connecting with this set of, of receptors in this system in your body. Another one's working in your central nervous system and those receptors. Another one is working and it just keeps your body not only in homeostasis, but it is also up and down regulating things that are needed to solve problems in your body. Yeah. Okay. Hopefully uh, uh, that conversation helped to connect the dots. Right. I think that was one of the things I I brought up to Ed. I said, okay, how are we going to bring this to a level where if you don't really get into the science of the ECS system and how this plant interacts with it, you you could easily get lost. Um, Again, I have many customers that are still look at me like, I've never heard of a terpene in it or any of this stuff, what are you saying to me? Which which which, which is the best bottle? <laughs> yeah. Hey, listen, and it's the ECS receptors in your body, think of them as the deadbolt on your door at home. Mm-hmm. The receptor is the actual lock itself. It ain't going to do nothing. It's just going to sit there until you put a key in it. Right. That's these molecules. And they include all three groups cannabinoids, terpenoids, flavonoids. All of them have a purpose. All of them can unlock what a receptor has to offer. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so of course they are all starting to really come out. And it's, let me let me share the what I found. So when I went to Google Scholar and I started looking up just flavonoids and I couldn't get just flavonoids. All I could find was study after study after review after review of the combination of these three. Yeah. So, and I might gather to, to, to suggest that with the legal environment wrapped around THC and the amount of patents that are on THC and CBD, I bet you the clinical industry is, is, is embracing these flavonoids and these terpenoids because there's probably a a ton fewer obstacles. Yeah, like, right. Like patents and legal issues. Yeah, it's terrible that they have to go over into what. That, but it's also smart that they went around the corner and found out what else <laughs> right. was in the plant. Right. What else is making these wonderful effects in our body? Yeah, that has yeah. not now been handcuffed by yep. whoever farm. All right, so we <laughs> she said that in a, in a low voice. I did. So, uh, so we also have uh, a statement. One of them said the FDA considers terpenoids as safe. So even FDA is not putting any blocks up for terpenoids. Terpenoids. Uh, I haven't got their their uh, their perspective on flavonoids yet. Uh, so th- there you go. Get an idea of get an idea of each. All right. So let's now talk through cannabinoids, terpenoids, and flavonoids. Now, you will commonly see charts. Mm-hmm. And you will see these online. If you do a cannabinoid chart or cannabinoid wheel, you'll find where it will list the, primary, the, the major and minor cannabinoids found in cannabis. And right next to it, it'll disclose some of the benefits to it. Mm-hmm. And you can do the same for terpenoids. You can find that same chart. I don't know if flavonoids are out there yet, but here is a quick reference guide for you. Okay, we will have on the site posted this big 68-page review, and in that review, you will be able to see all of those. For instance, if I go to some cannabinoids like THC, all right, THC has a lot of different characteristics or effects to the body. Can you read a few? Oh, let's see. Well, just we're going to just general. do the nine or just any? Just the nine. T- okay. Anti-cancer, anti-inflammatory, antioxidant, improved sleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's neuroprotectant, reduces anxiety and depression, reduces slash eliminates nausea and vomiting, reduces spasticity and muscle spasms, Relieves chronic pain and stimulates appetite. All right. Now, let me tell you what they say in this uh, report on cancer. Uh, Again, specific to THC, for breast cancer patients, 
In vitro effects include inhibited cell growth and proliferation. Proliferation is multiplying, mm -hmm. you know, itself, multiplying itself. Inducing apoptosis, that's when a cell, it, it needs to die, it needs to go away, right? Right. So cancer cells tend to not do that. Yeah. Uh, increased production of reactive oxygen species, so things that are helpful in dealing with cancer. Uh, in vivo effects uh, are, include increased tumor growth and metastasis, reduced tumor growth, inhibited tumor angiogenesis, which is the blood supply or what keeps that health, that cell going. Mm -hmm. Now, if it's cancer cell, you don't want that. You don't want angiogenesis happening. Right. You anyway, want it to die. Yeah. So th that was just breast cancer. But in this document that we'll put up, uh, you're going to see breast cancer, brain cancer. Again, it says inhibited cell viability and proliferation, induced optosis, stimulated glycoma cell growth, and then THC and CBD pre-exposure increased sensitivity to radiation therapy. So improved your radiation therapy. Mm -hmm. uh, they had stuff here for leukemia, um, lung cancer, let me see, melanoma, pancreatic, prostate, and colon cancer. And that's all THC? This is just THC. My, the next section in here uh, is now CBD and how it affects those same areas. As in an example, how CBD affects breast cancer. Uh, again, some, some, uh, some of the traits on here are induced optosis and autophagy. And autophagy is inducing cell death. So mm -hmm. it's stopping the components that... I want to keep the cell going. Uh, inhibited proliferation, migration, and invasion. Uh, increasing sensitivity to anti-cancer anti agents. Uh, actually, they specified the, the two, doxorubicin and cisplatin. I'm sure I'm not pronouncing the second one correctly. <laughs> right? So you'll find these charts in here helpful Yeah. if you are in the need of this kind of information. Right, So right. again... These are going to be reviewed documents, and I'm just sharing with you the content in it, so feel free to, uh, after this show, we'll put it up on the www.thecbdedgeshow.org. Mm -hmm. We'll put it up there, and you can download it and read it. And we'll also have to... Or use it as a reference. Really give... What's the title of the study again? It was... Sure, uh, sure, sure, sure. It's called Anti-Cancer Potential of Cannabinoids, Terpenes, and flavonoids present in cannabis. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, by the way, this is a 2020 study. Uh, let's see. Yeah. This was done in June. And it was done at, I forget where it is. There it is. National Research. Oh, this is Canada. This is at the uh, Dalhousie University in Canada, the Department of Pharmacology. Okay. Anyway. Okay, so what's the next cannabinoid? I mean, we know CBD. Oh, we got, we got CBC, CB, uh, we got CBG, CBC, CBDV, CBD, or CBN, and THCV. Those are all the minor cannabinoids that have an impact on cancer. Now, you have a wonderful list there. CBG. CBG is a cannabinoid. What's its general uh, effects uh, for our ECS system? Uh, oh, CBD. Uh, CBG is antibacterial, anti-cancer, anti-depressant, anti-inflammatory, antioxidant, anti-psoriasis. Hmm, I didn't know that. Neuroprotectant promotes bone growth, reduces bladder spasms, reduces bowel inflammation, reduces interocular pressure, reduces slash eliminates nausea and vomiting, okay. and stimulates the appetite. All right. Thank you for that list. So you can see even the minor cannabinoids have effects. Now, minor cannabinoids are called that because they make a much smaller percentage of the plant. In other words, you need a lot of biomass to get a quantity of these minor cannabinoids where the major ones like CBD and THC are very abundant. Mm -hmm. okay. It does say that there are found in higher amounts in hemp. In hemp. Very yeah. good. Very good. 
Um, now, we want to keep going because we have to understand all three of these. Now, terpenes. Right. All right. Terpenes are then responsible for the taste, smell, and look of the plant. And as Kim and I had talked about earlier, more from a defensive posture. Right. Right? Don't want animals eating me. I want animals attracted to me. Yes, stay <laughs> <Right>. away. <laughs> right, yeah. Now, you recognize some terpenes. Limonene is one. It's what yeah. gives citrus that smell. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, well, lo- these terpenes that are found in cannabis, they actually, there's some people who report that there's 30. Uh, this report says there's a total of 50 ca- found in cannabis plants. Wow. Okay, 50. Okay. Um, and there is a big list of these as well on this sheet as a, for instance, um, myrcene decreases DNA damage and exhibited cytotoxic effects. So these, are, and, and there's 50 of these, so you, you can read through them. Limonene, hum, uh, pinene, linalue. Uh, there's just all these, and next to them are the con- are the effects that they would have. And then, even better, in this report, you're not only able to see the compound and its effects, but you can see the studies and their references, both in vitro and in vivo. And if there's any clinical trials, you'll see that list on there as well. Now, I thought that was a really useful it's going to be useful for me from now on because I'm going to, I'm going to refer to this when I'm doing preparation for shows. Right, I can yeah. see who's got the clinical studies that are out there on that very specific uh, cannabinoid, terpenoid, or flavonoid. Yeah. I, I, so is the myrcene, is the mother of all, is, was she like the most common, most dominant Terpenoid in the plant. Okay. I'll let you. Yeah, I'll let you own that data. <laughs> it does say in my list, yeah. and this is again. I, I, this document is so wonderful. It's it. Myrcene is the most common terpenoid found in cannabis. Ah, in cannabis. Got um, it. Where I think limonene is the most common one found in plant, in in general. Right. In general. It does give that smell off a lot in a lot of um, a lot of plants that have like a citrusy, orange, spicy smell to them. Yeah, because, yeah, to what you have, Kim has not only the effects, but she also has descriptions Mm -hmm. of each one of those terpenes. Yeah, I mean, very interesting. In fact, we're going to, I have a chart at the store, but I want to bring this chart in because it does seem to be a little little more more thorough. And you know how, again, this world has gone. We've we're finding out more. Right. So, now with terpenes, you also have terpene isomers, which are really monoterpenes. They they, they will look like other terpene molecules, mm-hmm. but have a little different structure. So this list includes those as well. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's move last one, uh, and then we'll take a break. Flavonoids. Let me see where my list of flavonoids are. 34. Yeah, well now we're going to have like probably the least amount of information on flavonoids since the, they are the newest right. discussion. They are, but uh, again, I have a ton of them on here. Uh, according to my little information, there are 20 in the cannabis plant. Thank you for sharing that number. I have not quite 20 here, but it looks like at least about a dozen. I'm sorry, what I am looking at, folks, are uh, a list of about a dozen flavonoids that have been considered or reviewed either in vivo or vitro as having an effect on cancer. Okay. All right. So, um, again, I'm looking at a lot of potential flavonoids. Yeah. So, again, you bring these three together and uh, you have some real potential. Yeah. Which is where everybody's going with this. And the question is, though, well, we can ask this question at the end also, but what? how do you know if your CBD product has flavonoids in it? Uh-huh. Right now, uh, nobody has that in the, st- the 
Is that in our third-party testing profiles? But I can probably predict that in 2022, that's going to get changed. Somebody will. So they will be cannabinoids, terpenoids, and flavonoids. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Especially if it goes in the direction where Dr. Bonnie Goldstein is talking, where and and canaphromatic and canaphromatics is talking about where there's biomarkers, and she has profile recommendations, mm-hmm. we'll definitely need to be able to look at a third-party test result to be able to identify whether that profile, whether that product's going to meet the recommendation from the physician on the profile. Yeah. If that's making sense. So yeah, I so test that. results are going to get yeah. even more important right. later right. on down the road. It may be a requirement to play in the game. Okay, so uh, let's do this. Let's take a break, and when we come back, we're going to go through a few studies and see if we can give you a feel for what's coming down the pipe. Yeah, definitely. We're trying to get you as excited as we are. (laughs) (laughs) We might be a little geeky about this. (laughs) Yes. Yes, there's definitely some excitement. All right, so we're going to take a little break, and we will be right back. Live authentically, heal naturally with Canafil. We have three unique blends for pain relief, reducing stress, and promoting healthy sleep. Visit Canafil.com for the convenience of online shopping that includes free shipping. Or if you're in Arizona, stop by our store in Phoenix for personal consultation and product selection. Our friendly staff is here to help you. All of our products have full third-party testing and a seven-day satisfaction guarantee. Call 480-599-1003 or visit Canafil.com. Canafil, giving you your life back. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned in to the CBD Ed Show. If you have a question that you'd like addressed on a future episode of our program, please send an email to info at the com. That's info at the com. Now, back to the CBD Ed Show. Hey, welcome back, listeners. Exciting show. <laughs> Cannabis components. Yes, it's, uh, right. I, you know, what I'd like to say is uh, the flavonoids and the terpenoids uh, are all uh, non-psychoactive. That, that's a good way. That, yeah, I'm glad you put that in there. Yeah, and let's talk about flavonoids just a little bit more. So in reading a study called Flavonoids in Cannabis Sativa Biosynthesis, Bioactivities and Biotechnology. This review was done by a couple of PhDs at the Department of Plant Science in the University of California. Let's, uh, let's uh, well, I want to thank them, put their efforts in. It's, this wet read really well, but some general flavonoid knowledge I thought was interesting is that flavonoids are commonly found in the leaves, the flowers, and the fruits of most plants. They are not detectable in the roots or the seeds 
Okay. Well, that makes sense because, again, right, they're in charge of making things look good and... That does make sense, yes. Right. But, you know, consumers, they'll go after hemp seed because people will say that's where it... And not, not in this case is what I want, why I wanted to share it. Yeah. Uh, as, as the agricultural side of this, those who are charged with growing these products, mm -hmm. they are going to get better because both terpenoids and flavonoids will accumulate in the plant determined by, by air, things like temperature, solar radiation, rainfall, and humidity. So things within the environment affect the accumulation of those two. Hmm. Okay. And that makes sense to me. Again, defense and attraction. Right. Yes. Uh, so uh, altitude even has an impact. Keep, I wanted you guys to keep that in mind. Now, this is also a study I wanted to share with you uh, from these folks at California State Univers or University of California because they found that these flavonoids, which, by the way, they call them canflavins, that they selected a few canflavins and showed that they were inhibiting PGE2 synthesis. Now, by doing that, they are inhibiting inflammation. Ah. So here we are, we have uh, this study talking about flavonoids sh demonstrating to be anti-inflammatory through that process of inhibiting the PGE2 synthesis. Okay, well, that uh, sounds extremely promising. <laughs> so, it says, so it says, camflavins show promise as an anti-inflammatory therapeutic agent because they were about 30 times more effective than aspirin in inhibiting PGE2 release when assayed in human ruminoid cells. Okay. Rheumatoid cells. Gotcha. <coughs> yeah. So, I mean, me. I didn't mean to laugh. It is very exciting. <laughs> <laughs> the tone is hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, let's move on. They also suggested in this study that it was that, that some of these flavonoids, uh -huh. which they called canaflavins, uh, were anti-cancerous. By suppressed, uh, these, these uh, isocanflavins suppress the proliferation of estrogen-dependent human breast cancer cells. And it goes on to say how, uh, but, you know, that's, that's a lot of technical terms in here. Yeah. It also increased apoptosis, which is the programmed death of a cell, and two pancreatic cancer cells. I'm, I'm imagine this is all in vivo. Yeah, and these are uh, these are obviously people that have these can uh, breast cancer, and they're doing ex these types of studies on how that they're works. They're extracting on their the cell out and producing these results. Okay. Yeah, uh, and the and and finally it says these reports suggest the potential of uh, isocanflavin, yeah, which are uh, flavonoids as an anti-cancer drug, though translational studies should be undertaken to determine it, its activities in humans. Now, uh, I think that's as far as I'm gonna go with this study. By the way, this was done just a, or this was published just a few months ago. Mm -hmm. And again, can be found, Google Scholar, Flavonoids and Cannabis, Sativa, Biosynthesis, Bioactivities, and Biotechnology. And who did it? Uh, this is Department of Plant Science, University of California. Okay. Uh, then we have let's, uh, another study I looked into, and that was medicinal properties of cannabinoids, terpenes, and flavonoids in cannabis and benefits in migraine, headache, and pain. An update on current evidence and cannabis science. Now, why did they do this study? Well, it said 38 million Americans suffer with migraines. 700 million worldwide. Yeah, no, it's, it's a definite uh, it's issue. I, I have quite a few customers that come in 
trying to find something to help their migraines. Yeah, so in May of 2018, the Cleveland Clinic of Neurological Institute, uh, uh, Headaches and Chronic Pain Medicine, uh, had uh, posted this review. Uh, and let's see, most existing preventative therapies are, include antidepressant, antipertensive medications, and these medications are not well tolerated. No, they're very hard on you. And then you got the most common ones are NSAIDs and triptans. Mm -hmm. Now, so no wonder they are looking for alternatives. Yeah. Yeah, I have a friend who suffers greatly with migraines, so much so that she's gone. I mean, she's had every, like, epidurals in her neck and everything. She, I think she's trying to do the Botox therapy now, but... Um, She's found a, a, a combination helps, daily CBD, and uh, a roll-on on the back of her neck. Oh, Because that's where her migraines start from is the back of, she has a pinched uh -huh. nerve in the back of her neck. And so she'll roll that on if she, if she starts to feel something happening. Um, she does go to her uh, prescriptions only when everything else just is not getting it done. But she's like, I hate those things because I'll just fall asleep. It just knocks me out. Yep. Mm -hmm. Ooh, sorry to hear it. Now, this particular paper that I'm reading uh -huh. had three goals. First was to summarize recent evidence. Uh, second was to review current literature regarding the use of cannabinoids terpenoids, and flavonoids, and then finally to explore the growing evidence for the use of these three, uh, all targeted towards pain, okay, which include inflammation and so forth. Mm -hmm. uh, they suggested with this, these, these groups of compounds that we're talking about today, cannabinoids, flavonoids, terpenoids, evidence suggests that these constituents, especially cannabinoids and terpenes, play significant roles in influencing one another and working synergistically towards pain and inflammation. Uh, it goes on to say, because of the increasing evidence of cannabinoid efficacy in the treatment of pain and a combined number needed to treat, the Canadian Pain Society revised their consensus statement in 2014 to recommend cannabinoids as a third-level therapy for chronic and neuropathic pain. Uh, let's see, in 2017, the U.S. National Academy of Science uh, stated that there is substantial evidence that cannabis is an effective treatment for chronic pain in adults. Uh, so that, those were the big takeaways from this piece. Mm -hmm. uh, again, uh, this review title is Medicinal Properties of Cannabinoids, Terpenes, and Flavonoids and Cannabis and Benefits in Migraine, Headache, and Pain, an Update and Current Evidence and Cannabis Science. Uh, then we have another study. Flavonoid derivatives of cannabis demonstrate therapeutic potential in preclinical models of metatoxin. Met metastatic pancreatic cancer. Mm -hmm. All right. I didn't mean to slide of that. <laughs> uh, this study was included Brigham and Women's Hospital, the Dana-Farber Cancer Institute, Harvard Medical School, and the University of Massachusetts. Oh, that's a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it was a lot of good information in here, too. But I'm just going to get to the punchlines. Uh, so they used, again, mostly, I, they're, they're, they're talking about all the components of the plant that we're talking about, but mostly they were after flavonoids. They have a very specific flavonoid that they had, had uh, titled FBL03G. Now this, th where they were after, so, again, pancreatic cancer. Mm -hmm. They were looking for the development of 
of something to help with the resistance to treatment. So in pancreatic cancer, my guess is when somebody says that, says that out loud, that... Well, your survival rate is very is, low. Right. Yes. And I think, I think they give it a five-year... Yeah, and I think yeah. it's because of the resistance to treatment. Mm -hmm. So anyway, so let me get to this FBL03G. In vitro results show major increase in optosis and consequential decrease in survival for two pancreatic cancer models. So they're heading down a path because I think pancreatic cancer needs one. Uh, let's just read the conclusion on this. In this study, a flavonoid derivative of cannabis demonstrates significant therapy potential in the treatment of pancreatic cancer, including radiosensitizing and cancer metastasis treatment potential. Mm -hmm. the, results justify, the results justify further studies to optimize therapy outcomes towards clinical translation. Yeah, I, I think that, well, okay. because pancreatic cancer, I mean, your stomach is just right there in the center of everything. So it sending uh, cancer off into your other organs and uh, other parts of your body is pretty high. It's pretty high. All right. So um, well, I'm going to continue in this space here, uh, reviewing studies. I'm going to just kind of reveal those who do uh, don't want to download and read this 68-page uh, review uh, called Anti-Cancer Potential of Cannabinoids, Terpenes, Flavonoids, Present in Cannabis. Uh, I can just read a few things here. Uh, let's see here. How about Delta-9? So we, we gave you some of the promising things that Delta-9 can do. Mm -hmm. That's Delta-9 THC uh, for cancer being, you know, uh, Inhibiting uh, growth and proliferation, uh, induces apoptosis, but due to the psychoactive effects of THC mediated in the central nervous system, there are concerns in terms of prescribing THC for medicinal use in cancer patients. There are also other undesirable side effects of THC use, such as dependence, tolerance and issues surrounding abuse. Despite the limitations and concerns associated with THC treatment, there are many studies regarding THC potential as an anti-cancer therapy and we highlighted these studies and this chart that starts on page four. I think honestly if you are uh, looking into cannabis THC in particular for uh, helping your cancer therapy I, I as long as you stay within the guidelines that are labeled as therapeutic mm -hmm. God go for it why I mean nobody is nobody wants to promote overuse right but uh, if you if you keep it at a therapeutic level, uh, I I say yes all the way. I I would not hesitate in any shape or form to to keep it out of your out of your regimen, well, along with whatever the doctor recommends. Yeah, so I, I I have a little bit of a clinical results paragraph here in this. Uh, and it reads this way, completed clinical trials that incorporated THC as treatment for various cancers. One study found that in two patients with pilocytic astrotomus, oh. tumor regressed over a period, tumors regressed over a period of three years and neither patient was receiving any conventional adjunctant treatment. However, Cannabis was consumed via inhalation over the same period, suggesting cannabis played a role in this tumor regression. Unfortunately, no details were available okay. to be able to, you know, go to the place that we we found. You know, well, hey, how do you dose? What 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 are the uh, what are the other components of that product? What, what terpenes and flavonoids were also? Uh, I should share with you that flavonoids uh, will combust. Uh, or 
uh, you turn into vape at mm-hmm. the exact same temperature as THCs. Mm-hmm. Most flavonoids will. Right. So if you are if you are inhaling your THC, you're likely getting flavonoids unless you did some kind of, unless you're doing some kind of an isolate. Um, let's see here, terpenes. Generally, terpenes are typically found in the cannabis flower at levels of two to five percent. Didn't know that. Did you know that? No, there's so much stuff in that study that I didn't. I did not know. I will have to be reviewing it over <laughs> and over and and in sections. I I'm going to go ahead and I've already told myself that's how I'm going to tackle it. All right. The um, let me see here. I have one clinical trials. I'm going to read on that one. So limonene, terpene, limonene. Uh, for its anti-cancer effects, because that's really all I'm going to have here. Uh, it exhibits cytotoxic effects, induced cell cycle arrest, decreased migration, induced optosis, apoptosis, induced autophagy, enhanced sensitivity to doxtaxel, which I'm pretty sure is a, a treatment. Uh, now, in vivo, it decreased tumor growth, induced apoptosis, increased latency period, Decreased C-John and C-Mike expression, I'm sure those two enzymes, and decreased metastasis. But they also had clinical trials. And in the clinical trial, decreased cell cycle regulatory protein expression in human tumors. I'll say that again. So limonene has had a clinical trial, and it showed to decrease cell cycle regulatory protein expression in human tumors. Yeah, well, isn't limonene one of the most prevalent in and, the cannabis plant? In the cannabis plant as well as Citrus. In, in the plant world altogether. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's very beneficial. And we just don't ever realize um, how, I guess, our take on this, of course, the cannabis plant, but all plants well, yeah. are just so beneficial to us in so many different ways that we really don't ever get the the true education on how important yeah. eating pl- certain plants for us is. It's just that they're so beneficial. Yeah. Well, and, and, and we know that the, the cannabis plant is uniquely abundant. Yes. And it's not just because the flavonoids cause, and, can, and terpenoids, because they're everywhere, you're right, but it is the, the entourage effect with the associated cannabino, uh, cannabinoids, which are super abundant in that plant. Yeah. And again, the entourage effect is all of those working in, synergistically. Synergistically, yeah. yes. All right. With each other. All right. We got to wrap. Please feel free to request any of these documents we shared today. Uh, again, you can do that by info at thecbdhshow.org. And you can also uh, go to the website, mm-hmm. thecbdedshow.org, yes. and download these. Uh, I want to thank the team for helping me put this together, and thank you, Kim, for all your research as well. So let's just say that this is a wrap for today's episode of the CBD Ed Show. And this is Ed. And this is Kim. Working towards a better life. Bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the CBD Ed Show. Please join your host, Ed Cheney, for another edition next Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. We can also be heard each week on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Until we talk again, enjoy the upcoming weekend, and we'll be back with you soon.